0: So today we're in part five, the body. This is my church. Let's pray one more time. Father, this morning, we're thankful for the great things you're doing in our midst. Um, Lord, we, we have the choice of perspectives. We can see and focus on uh, so many difficult things, so many tragedies that are going on, but we know those are plentiful, and we don't ignore them, Father. But we do want to choose to focus on you and focus on the good things that you're doing in the lives of people. You can transform these circumstances that are going on right now in the world. You can change and transform the ground of failure and make it a platform for recommitment. You can turn things around. You can change the situations. We thank you for your word this morning. We, help, we ask, Lord, for your help to, to hear what you would say to us. We ask, Lord, that the thoughts and intentions of our hearts would be guided towards You, and that by Your Holy Spirit, You'd change us and work in us for Your glory and our good. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. We're talking about this morning the unity and diversity in the body. And uh, Brother Michael read the first 11 verses. I'm going to pick up where he left off. And it says this in verse 12, Just as a body, though one, has many parts but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So we're all different. There are no two people who are exactly the same. Though in some measure they share DNA, even identical twins have their differences. Yet despite the great amount of diversity in the church, God has called us one. He has united us and connected us together by the Spirit of God. Regardless of our backgrounds, ethnicities, countries of origin, nation, tribe, or tongue, God has made us one in Him. Regardless of social class, nobility, position in society, education, or hierarchy of any man-made construct, God has made us one in Him. Even so, God is pleased in establishing beauty in our diversity. I mean, just take a look around. Go ahead. Take a look around. Isn't God awesome? You know, there's few places on earth where believers can gather in such a diverse culture as ours we are blessed to have a taste of heaven here on earth of the diversity people from every tribe tongue nation all under one banner the banner of our lord god has done this through being baptized into god's holy spirit and we symbolize this symbolize this very same work that god has done in us through the ordinance of baptism in water We were plunged into Christ, and because of this, we were united with his body. Verse 15, it says, Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body every part of the body is important to the body turn to your neighbor and say you're important go ahead you're important turn to your other neighbor say you're more important (laughs) the way in which God has made the body leaves no room to claim that a certain part is more important than another The way in which God has put the body together gives purpose, meaning, and significance to each and every part. Importantly, each and every part of the body has a function, and no part in the body is without an important function and task to accomplish that otherwise would remain undone. So you're important. You're an important part of the body of Christ. The function and task that God has made you to be is important for the rest of us. When you understand your place in the body of Christ, you become aware of your significance. You become aware of that purpose. No one in the body of Christ is an island unto themselves. You are purposed to be part of something much greater than yourself, much greater than you as an individual. And we see here, importantly, in verse 18, we see that God is the one who is responsible for setting this up. His word says that He has arranged the body, and in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. Maybe you've asked that question before. Why has God given me a certain gift? Why has God made me this way? Why has God called you to this city, brought you to this church, brought you into fellowship with the folks you see at your left and your right. Let me tell you, it's all part of God's grand design. You're not here by accident. Something happened to the computer? We're back. We're back in life. I don't know what happened. You're all part of, grand, of God's grand design. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. The parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Even the smallest part of the body is critical to the health of, and life of the body. Let me tell you something that happened on Friday morning. I was uh, coming back from Toronto uh, Friday morning, and so I'm on the highway, and I'm on the 401 coming down, and all of a sudden, right up ahead, um, I see a traffic. Well, let me back up. Let me back up the day before. Thursday, I was in Toronto taking a course, and I... Uh, stopped at a grocery store. And when I restarted my car as I was getting out and heading to the the uh, university, uh, my car started to go like this, and I was like, I don't know what that is, but it's not good. It's not a good sign, right? It's just not good. So I stopped the car and I restarted it, and it seemed to be okay. Luckily, I was not far from the college at all. And then that night seemed to be working. And as I, I drove to um, my uncle's place, who I stay with, I was staying with, uh, there was people behind me honking at night. And I didn't know why. But I just thought they were just honking to say hello. Uh, I didn't realize that maybe fluid was, like, squirting on their cars from behind me um, of some of some nature. So anyway, uh, you know... Friday morning, I just get up, get in my car, starts okay, car's a bit cold, I start to make my way down the highway, but like I said, we'll catch up now I'm on the highway, and up ahead, I see a huge traffic jam there's some kind of accident so i say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm gonna get off here and and and, and you know go around or take the service road or do something. so I get off in Ajax and it's uh, this road called Westney Road, and at the same time that I'm getting off, I see on my dial, that the temperature gauge is flickering like this. It's flickering. It's going up between the the high, and then there's another little bar, and then the medium. You know, and so I said, "Oh, it's between the two little bars, so everything's fine. I don't know what's going on. It looks fine to me." So, anyways, I get off, and I decide to uh, go down Westney Road, and I end up at this gas station. And so I pull up my owner's manual and the car is just sitting, sitting there idling the car and it's still flickering. And I pull out the manual and I read, if your temperature gauge doesn't look like this, and then in big letters right in the owner's manual it says, stop the car immediately, there could be a fire. So I, I was so shocked, close the book, shut the car off. <laughs> I was like, oh wow. So I, uh, I decided to call Nissan. And I, I called uh, Nissan and I said, um, okay, hi Nissan, can you tell me where the closest uh, Nissan dealership is? Like service. Because I think I can drive, I think I can make it uh, there. It won't be, won't be too much of a problem. And so he comes back on the line and he says, well, actually, uh, there's one right on the road where you are. So I stick my head out the window, it's on the corner. I was like, praise God. I ended up getting off the highway at exactly the place that the Lord knew I needed to get off at. So I get right into the, the Nissan dealership and I'm praying that this is this is this is gonna be great. Uh it's not, not gonna be a problem. So I'm worried and then I, I said, Don't worry, I I told the, the, the lady at this at the desk, I said, No matter what happens, I'm covered under warranty. She said, No, you're not. I said what do you mean? I got this extended warranty until 2017. What's the problem? You know? And she goes, Well, you're actually a few thousand kilometers past the limit. <laughs> so here I am. I'm in the Nissan dealership. Remember, I got to get back to Montreal because I got the youth retreat coming. That was the night of the youth retreat. So I'm now just really praying and say, Okay, well, we have to do whatever we have to do. I'm hoping it's not a big problem. The car's overheating. Uh, let's look at it. So I'm waiting in the waiting room, I call my wife. She starts praying, we're all starting to pray, and we just know, we just have faith in God that things are going to work out. So eventually they come back to me in the waiting room, and the mechanic comes, and they're they're about to break the bad news. So I see the looks on their face, I'm like, oh, Lord, please. <laughs> they come and they open, the mechanic opens his hand, and he's got this little ring. It's, it fits in the palm of my hand, and it's all rusted he says, this little ring is what the problem was. It's a $6 piece.
1: <laughs>
0: it's a $6 piece for this little piece of metal that Nissan decided to put it right under the car in a very difficult place. But it connects the coolant to the engine. Uh, it's like a clamp. Um, and this little piece was rusted. I said, what happened? Did I hit something? What happened? No, it's just rust over time. That's what happens to these little clamps. I said, the whole car, if the car would have uh, been overheated any longer, it could have destroyed the engine. For this $6 piece, the car would have been totaled. So uh, he refilled the coolant, put a new piece on, and pressure tested it, and everything's fine, to the glory of God. So we're happy about that. But I drove home, was two hours behind schedule, um, but I was thanking God nonetheless, and we had a great retreat. We made it to retreat in that car, and back in that car. All right? What I'm trying to say is that there's no insignificant parts of the body. Is that even the smallest part of the body, even something that we would say is not important, is critical to the life and the function of the body, so it is with the body of Christ is that there's no one here as part of the body where you would say your part, your role isn't important. We are all critically vital to the health of God's church. Amen? Verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And God is placed in the church First of all, apostles, second, prophets, and third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing and of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? The answer is no. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? No. Do all interpret? Verse 31, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Every part of the body exists to contribute to the health of the body. Later in 1 Corinthians, Paul reminds the churches that everything that is done should be done orderly and for the mutual edification of the church as a corporate whole. So what? What now? It's great that we're all one body. It's great that we understand we're, we all have a part, but what and we all have significance, but what should we do? There's three things we need to do. Number one, we need to encourage the individual discovery of gifts, talents, and God-given abilities. And That means we need to think it through. Number two, we need to encourage the expression of those gifts inside as well as outside the church. That means we need to try it out. Maybe you're saying, I don't know where I fit. Try something. Try helping out as a greeter or an usher. Try asking the leaders, where can you f- fit in? Maybe help out in a Sunday school one day. Maybe just uh, help and observe one day. Where What has God placed on your heart? Where do you feel most alive? And what gifts has God given you? And you know what? Try it out. There's no, no shame in trying something out and then, and then saying that's not it. But we all have a part to play. So think it through. Try it out. Third of all, most of all, the love of Christ should saturate every expression. If we miss love, we miss all of it. So that means we not only need to think it through, we not only need to try it out, but we also need to love along the way. See, God's love is the seal that validates the expression of the gifts in the church. Love speaks to the attitudes and the intentions of the heart. And what I'd like to do in just a moment is I'm going to challenge you to stand up, to get out of your seat, and as as a group we would just make one big circle uh, here in the sanctuary and we would have just a moment of prayer together. It says in 1 Corinthians, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part... Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. It talks about putting away childish things, but this morning I want to pick them up. As we reflect in our seats this morning, there's a childhood song that my wife used to know that uh, we've been playing for Gabriel, and I want to play it for you. I'm the Can we stand? We're going to just come into the aisles, be friends with your neighbor. Well, let's make a big circle.
1: Test. Check.
0: Are we all here? How many of you know that song? Oh yes, we have a few people. I don't know if you catch that refrain if we were coming through on the speakers, but I was hoping that maybe we could just sing it a couple of times. It just goes like this. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Together bringing his love to the world. One more time. We are the body of Christ, we are the body of Christ, together bringing his love to the world. We are the body of Christ, we are the body of Christ, together bringing his love to the world last time. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ together bringing his love to the world. Father, this morning, we thank you that you've made us a family. We thank you that you've made us a body. We thank you, Lord, that there's no part in the body that is insignificant or not important, but we all matter. We're all vital to this church. We're all vital to the work that you want to do in us and through us. Help us to value the expression of your gifts within the church. Help us to uh, value the talents and abilities that you've placed in each and every one of us. And help us, Lord, most of all, to have the love of Christ as a seal that seals our hearts and seals us in the bond of peace toward one another. Lord, we would see your amazing body at work. Lord, we live in difficult times. And more than ever, we need to be strong together. We need to put aside differences. We need to celebrate diversity because it's a beautiful slice of heaven. We thank you for all that you're doing in us and through us. And we sing this last song from the worship team considering what we believe. We thank you for all that you've done today and continue to do in Jesus' name.